everyone. Welcome to episode 95 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. It's hard to explain really how how that could be better, but I mean, I, I've really felt like there was something really nice about running it from my own. I was able to do it from my own home and I just thought it was great and I just thought the quality of learning was just so good. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson-Gray and in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I'm joined by the wonderful Janet Murray. We're going to be talking about how to produce a virtual live event with success. So Janet had an event that she was going to be planning in person, but unfortunately because of COVID, she had to move over to doing it online but it was an amazing success and I helped her with the planning and production of that so we're going to talk a little bit more about it but first looks like it's time for something completely nutty I want to produce a virtual live event with success I want to produce a virtual live event with success Janet Murray This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, welcome to episode 95 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. My name's Ian Anson-Gray, and in this show, we're going to be talking about how to produce a virtual live event with success. The show notes for this episode will be found at iag.me forward slash 95. Now, like many event organizers this year, Janet Murray had to make a decision. Would she cancel or postpone her 2021 sorted event, since it could no longer be an in-person event. Well, she did neither of those things. She actually went all out to create what I would say is the best ever live virtual event. And she she hired me as the event producer, and we planned out the two-day event with multiple keynote speakers, interactive slides, videos, and in more. Now, I had one part of that. Obviously, Janet did a huge amount of work. She had a team around her. And I'm going to be talking to Janet today about how she put it on, but also how you can do it and put it all together and how you could say no to death by Zoom. We definitely don't want any death by Zoom and put on an awesome virtual event. As I said before, I started just to say, if you want to get involved with this live show, if you don't want to miss next time, then just go to confident.live forward slash subscribe. That's confident.live forward slash subscribe. Well, it's time to bring in my first sponsor of today. And that is the wonderful people at Restream. Restream is the tool that I use for all my live shows. It is the complete multi-streaming suite for entrepreneurs. 
With Restream, you can stream through multiple platforms all at the same time. In fact, they have a plethora. I do love that word. I'm going to have to think of a new one. But anyway, they have a plethora of destinations, including what do they have? It's not listed here on the screen, but Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Twitch, Periscope, Mixcloud. There are over 30 different destinations that you can stream to. And so you could use a tool like OBS Studio or Ecamm Live to stream to Restream, and then that will take care of all your multi-streaming for you really easily. Or if you want to make things a lot easier, you can use Restream Studio. So this works directly in your browser. So you can have up to nine guests onto your show. You can broadcast to all these different destinations and you can see all the comments from all those different platforms, which is amazing. And you can highlight those on the screen. So as well as the chat facility, you've also got analytics as well and a scheduler as well. So this allows you to basically stream your pre-recorded video live. And don't forget the analytics section. So this tells you, this basically shows you the, allows you to look at the success of your live stream. So you can see which were the most watched parts of your video and get some insights onto your live stream. So um, I'm a massive fan of Restream. It's it's an awesome, awesome service. If you want to find out more, all you need to do is go to iag.me forward slash Restream and they've got uh, some a free plan and some paid plans. It's really awesome. <laughs> Okay, fabulous. Let's talk about Janet. So Janet is actually, this is actually, I believe the third time she's been on the show. It's at least three times anyway. So Janet is is awesome. And uh, she's obviously, be, she's the brains behind 2021 Sorted. And she helps entrepreneurs, coaches, and creatives build and monetize their online presence. She is a podcaster, author, and speaker who has spoken all over the world about content strategy, marketing, and building online audiences. And she's also the creator of The Media Diary, a content planning tool for coaches, consultants, experts, and entrepreneurs. Janet, welcome to the show! There we go. Yes, I, I know they, they, the crowd gets gets very excited, uh, very excited. But anyway, it's yeah. great, great, great to have you. On the show. <laughs> it's good for the um, it's good for the ego, all of that, that uh, recorded <laughs> clapping. <laughs> no, I know. What, do, what are you saying? They're real. They're they're fit. The market, maybe not. Yeah, we've just moved into tier three in, in the UK. So we've, we're, the lockdown is well, actually, we're still in the lockdown, but yeah, tier three. And I think you're you're, you're joining us, so. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been in tier three for quite some time, haven't you? Whereas yeah. we've had it fairly easy. I'm in Kent, yeah. just outside London. And yeah, we've just gone into tier three. So yeah, my daughter just said to me, will we be able to go to Blue Water, our local shopping centre at Christmas? And I said, no, I think we'll be shopping online <laughs> this year. So yeah, it's probably the least of our problems really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. But anyway, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that. Let's uh, just say Melissa's saying, looking forward to a virtual planning event from next week. Awesome. Well, let us know, Melissa, if you've got any questions and uh, you, what your thoughts are really on all of this. So tell everyone who hasn't heard of your 2021 sorted event, What? how does it normally go about? I mean, I, I and it's not the only event that you do, but this is one of your big events that you do every year. It's in person. Well, how, what was your... What was it going to be like if 2020 hadn't been what it has been? <laughs> okay, so it's it's an annual content planning event. I've been running it in sort of different formats. It's evolved a bit, but I've been running it for five years. So it was due to happen in person. So 
last year's event, it was going to be along the same lines. So last year's event was uh, we had 150, but we were planning to go up to, we had the capacity to go up to about 400 this year. And it was looking like we, you know, that, that was doable. And so basically everybody comes together at this content planning event to plan their content for the next year, which is kind of like, you know, the uh, the clues, the clues in the phrase. Uh, yeah, it was going to be an in-person event. So I, I booked keynote speakers. People were going to be traveling. So this year it was, it was in um, Northampton last year, this year it was going to be in Newcastle. We booked in a big, big event space in, in the Hilton Hotel and, and people were, you know, starting to book their hotels and get excited for their travel and have a few days away, plan for the next year. And then obviously COVID happened and it became quite apparent that, you know, we weren't going to be able to, I mean, I think I realised over the summer, it was due to happen November the 3rd and 4th, realised that it, it wasn't going to be able to happen and, you know, in the way that it, it was. So it left us with a, you know, a, a big decision. Do we just scrap the whole thing? And actually, to be quite frank, from a sort of financial point of view, it, it might have been better because to move a whole event online is is huge. You know, I've run events, live events, like loads and loads of live events were so quite a well-oiled machine. <laughs> but to take a, an event that you normally deliver in person and to bring it online and also to create a high quality event, because I was picking up very much that people were like, oh, I'm fed up of Zoom calls and fed up of being online. And I knew if we were going to do it, we had to it had to be really good. It had to be really high quality. So, but we we, we decided we decided to go for it. But it was a and the event actually was ended up being bigger than we'd anticipated. And I think actually better. But anyway, that's mm. probably <laughs> another another uh, part of the conversation. But but yeah, big event. At least we had the capacity to go up to four hundred. We'd booked. We ended up having ten keynotes speakers I'd, I'd already booked some of the speakers yeah it was going to be great and we we're going to have socials and all sorts and yeah so it was a, a big shift yeah absolutely and so so when do you normally well going back in time when did you when do you start planning for an event so the event was going to be in november 2020 it was going to be in newcastle when did you start to put everything in place for example booking the venue booking the speakers what time of year did you do that? Well, we'd actually sold 150 tickets already because the best time to put your tickets on sale for an event, if you ever sold an event, is when people are there with you at your event. So put them on to the next one. So we'd sold over, I think it was 150 tickets. Um, I'd booked some of the speakers, not all of them, but I'd booked quite a few of them. And so generally, you know, we get the, we get the venue booked the year before, we sell the first batch of tickets. And then we usually start, I sell a, 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 a diary and planner a content planner and so we usually pick up the event again in the summer um and start selling it you know when we start talking about the diary because it's a content planning event and and the um the event comes with the the diary so yeah we we, we usually would sort of spend a good three or four months in the run-up to it obviously it's planned at least a year in advance but the actual kind of donkey work in the nicest possible way of putting it together normally happens from about the summertime sort of july august time we'd sort of start to get stuck in and start yeah. to really selling the tickets again that makes sense so you you sold the tickets in november 2019 you booked started booking the speakers and, and the venue but and so there was some initial work but it, it was really the summer so it was about three at least three months possibly four months before the actual event that you start to do the real as you said, the donkey work. Yeah, the donkey but work. That's when that happens, yeah. <laughs> the donkey work, yeah. Because obviously, like putting on an event, 
is like a bed of roses. It's so easy, isn't it? Not. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, and especially once you get into the hundreds, you know, I think people sometimes don't appreciate how challenging it is to fill a yeah. room of people yeah, or yeah. to fill, you know, selling tickets to events is one of the hardest, hardest things going, I think. So you've already said that you felt it went it, that it went better than the actual physical event. There's a lot of things about it that were really positive. You, I mean, looking back on it now, how do you feel it went? I, was, I just thought it was amazing. As you know, Ian, I am quite self-critical. I'm not somebody who <laughs> who finishes an event and goes, oh, that was amazing. Like, I, I, you know, we, we did an event this afternoon, didn't we? And the first thing I said to you was like, oh, I should have done this differently. Or I should have done that. But I felt it was amazing. And I, I felt like the overall experience and the learning that went on was actually probably better than you would get at a live event because people really did like I mean this was part of the way that we marketed it but people really put aside the time some people who were able to book into hotels actually went off and booked in a hotel on their own to do the event so that they could really focus on it but the first thing I did actually was to book more speakers I realized that a a two-day event to hold you know if you've got eight ten keynote speakers to hold people's attention it's you know that's that's quite that's quite challenging and I also realized that the bit that people were really going to miss was the socialization bit so I I immediately booked about 35 more speakers which made life you know when you the more speakers you have the harder it is so you've got to keep them all in tow and you know make sure you've got all the information from them and they're in the right place at the right time and what we decided to do is to introduce these level up sessions so these were actually on zoom although the, the main event was live streamed into a facebook group professionally live, live streamed by, by you really high quality and i created these level up sessions because i thought well the bit that people are really going to miss is the chance to chat to each other you know that kind of coffee queue mm-hmm. Like, you know, we just get chatting to somebody. So we created these level up sessions and I booked a a panel of speakers for each session and a host. And we picked topics that are the kind of topics that you would probably would end up talking, you know, like you might go to like social media marketing world and you might go for the Pinterest session and you might go for the Instagram session or whatever. But there probably wouldn't be a session on the things I'm going to share with you now. So we had a session on dealing with copycats and trolls. We had one on dealing with your mental health as an entrepreneur. We had one about uh, putting boundaries in place, you know, making sure you get paid on time. And they're the kind of conversations that tend to happen, like when you're in the coffee queue or in the restaurant or over a drink, when you really talk about what it's really like to be an entrepreneur and some of the challenges that you're having. So we, we tried to replicate that. So we had this panel of four speakers and then we split people up and we used Zoom rooms um, to get people chatting in, in the rooms um, so that they would get to meet each other in, a, in an online environment, but they would, they, you know, it wouldn't be awkward. They, they'd have something to talk about because they'd just listened to something interesting. We gave them questions. So, so we really thought about, we thought about everything, I think. And so... We had the, you know, we had like three tracks at the end. So we had track one, which was the keynotes that were being streamed into the Facebook group. We had this second track with the the level up sessions. We also had a a third track. So we had some like, uh, I have in my Build Your Online Audience membership, we have this, these get it done sessions, these co-working sessions. So we had some of those as well as we had a third track. And we really worked really hard just to kind of keep the buzz up. We had like competitions and prizes and we had a messenger bot, which was, you know, keeping people up to date with what was going on and asking questions and it was a lot of work to keep it really buzzy but I felt like at the end of the two days that actually people being in their offices or in the hotel or wherever they were actually the learning that took place was felt like the, the learning was better because people were much more focused than they they would be I think it can be a bit distracting sometimes at an in-person event but there was a lot of effort that went in you know that some of the things that we did with the 
with the keynote sessions in the main room like we we had like questions didn't we like we, it was like a proper tv show but we had when people were gathering waiting for the sessions to start we had lots of interactive questions didn't we? we thought a lot about how to get people to interact oh and we had entertainment as well so we had a on the first night we had a um we had a, a zoom party and, and which sounds awful was important at all but it wasn't at all we had a musician uh, a musician a magician i mean so who came in and did three shows every evening it was actually by my cousin and everybody loved it and they brought their kids and then we had a karaoke room and it, it was just great like and it, it's hard to explain really how that could be better but i mean i i've really felt like and i was less exhausted as an event organizer as well although i was completely exhausted at the end of it there was something really nice about running it from my own i was able to do it from my own home and yeah there was just, I, I, mean, I don't know about you ian but I, I just thought it was great and i just thought the quality yeah. of learning was just so good well it's, it's interesting because i i'm gonna so obviously i love live video i I'm a big advocate of live video. I mean, that's what this show is partly about. But to be honest, virtual events do not fill me with joy or they didn't fill me with joy because I've been <laughs> to so many, you know, and, and so many of us this year in 2020, we'd be, we, we are experiencing death by Zoom. And I don't know what it is, but there's just something about it that drains me. I feel drained after a Zoom session. Whereas if I have, if I'm sitting around a table at a conference with two or three people having a deep conversation... It's probably because I'm an introvert and I like those kind of conversations. So I, I, and, and I've been to quite a few virtual events and they do not, they never filled me with joy. And so I totally saw kind of your vision of making this event not death by Zoom and actually going all out and trying to make it completely different. I saw that as really, really important because I knew that I was not the only one, that a lot of people out there would be struggling with the same. And so... I'm interested in terms of your marketing, there was obviously going to be a lot of people out there that when they heard the news that you were not, that you were going to make this into a virtual event, that they were going to probably either want a refund or just like, just not get excited by it. So what did you do in order to kind of convert people's thinking to actually, this is different? Well, I'm a big believer in putting the elephant in the room. So I, I knew what people would be thinking and saying, some people. Um, most people really understood. So as soon as we decided to take it online and we didn't we didn't wait around, like we announced it in August. And 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 I I thought about all the all the objections people would have. Um because to be honest, it would have been easier. I probably would have lost I would have lost a bit of money, but I probably could have made up that income more easily by not having the event. So so just to put that out there. But I just felt it was so important that people had this because I had like like you say, I had this vision and I, I felt I could really make it work and have a really great event. But I knew there would be some people that didn't share my vision and they couldn't almost see what I could see. So I knew I was gonna have to sell it hard. As I say, the easy thing would be for me just to give everybody their money back. I've still got a deposit sitting in the Hilton in Newcastle. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever get that back. But to be honest, I could have done a launch. I could have generated the income some other way, probably a lot more easily. It, it, it was about, I just felt like people needed this. So I thought about all the objections that people would have. So the very first thing I did, Ian, pretty much was talk to you and and talk to you about booking you to do a professionally live streamed event. Because, and, and poor old Ian, <laughs> I put you on the sales page, didn't I? And it you said, did. Like picture of Ian that says, this is not a succession of dreary Zoom calls. And, and that, that phrase, I just kept repeating it. Like, 
because I, I didn't want people to think, although we did use Zoom, although like I've already described, we use Zoom in quite a creative way. And it was those people who took part in those sessions, I, I think they were really impressed by how we did it. But I, it was on the sales page, it was everywhere. This is not a succession of three Zoom calls. If you're Zoomed out, I can promise you. And I kept saying it's professionally live streamed. It's uh, it's going to be more like a TV show quality. And we did. We had that, didn't we? We had countdowns and, you know, ads and, you know, like it was like a TV show. But I knew I needed to say that. The other thing as well, I think I had to say is like, oh, God, well, let's face it. What else are we going to do? Like, are we just going to sit at home on our own? Because we can't get out and have, you know, for me, that's a really negative way to look at it. And I'm quite a positive person. I'm very kind of like cup half full. So for me to just to say, well, we can't have a, like, an in-person event, so let's not bother. That to me just seems like a really negative way to look at it. So I, again, I just addressed it and was just like, I wrote emails and marketing copy, which was basically saying that, you know, you might be looking at this and thinking this is rubbish, but like, what else are we going to do? Are we all going to sit at home on our own or are we actually going to get together and try and create a really great event? And I think people, I think that message did resonate with people. And because I've built an audience, you know, I've had a podcast for five years and I, I've had a, a membership for, for years and I've got, you know, a bit of a following online. And people, that, that's the whole thing about having an audience and authority and trust. And, you know, people trust you. So I think people, thankfully, trusted me that I had that vision and I was going to see it through because I've done it before. And so it was about just reminding people that it was going to be quality, telling people that I'd invested in you and talking about, I, I created a, a podcast episode about what, you know, should you come to 2021 sorted? And quite a few people listened to that. And it was quite a, quite a long episode, about an hour long. And uh, but people listened to it and said, yep, yeah, I listened to that. And that really reassured me, really focusing on the learning. For those people that came along and said, well, it's a, an online event. Can I have a refund? There weren't many, actually, because most people, I think, really understood that, you know, what are we going to do instead? The outcome's the same. Like the, the, the event is all about getting your content plan created for 2021. We, we delivered that. And I think we delivered so much more than that. But it was about, I think, just putting the elephant in the room and just yep. saying like what, what was on people's mind and just addressing it and tackling each objection really as it came through. So I, I create a lot of content around that. But I think people were really happy and really happy that they invested. Well, I think you putting the elephant in the room is was was such a, a smart tactic because I, I kind of see some event organizers out there that aren't really acknowledging the fact that, you know, in 2020, they have basically most events have had to be cancelled. And of course, if you're listening to this or, or watching this in the future, um, you know, hopefully the world is back to normal and events can happen. But you can still learn from this experience because actually there's a lot of power in doing virtual events or even a hybrid events. And that might be something that we can talk about in a bit. Yeah. Um, but, but is it kind of, yeah, I'd have to, I have to say though, uh, Janet, you did not uh, ask my permission to put my, my image on that page, <laughs> but it's absolutely funny. It's just so funny. I just like, I got a bit of a shock when I went to it. I thought, oh my goodness, like big image of me on there. But yeah, you, you wanted, you wanted to, you wanted to obviously talk about the fact that, okay, this is unfortunate in one sense, we're having to move on to virtual, but these are all the reasons why this is actually going to be an amazing mm. event. Um, but of course, yeah. in your head, what was going on? Because, you know, you were, this was quite a big, it was quite a big um, thing to undertake, you know. Were you quite nervous about this, putting it mildly? <laughs> I was I was nervous. And on the day, I think the first thing I said was, I'm really nervous. And I actually wrote to all of my clients. I always say that to my clients, actually, if they're nervous about anything, like live video speaking, I was like, tell people that you're nervous. It's like the 
biggest icebreaker in the world. But I was really nervous, particularly about putting the tech side off, because although obviously I had you like, you know, you had my back and we, I mean, we had so many contingency plans, didn't we? Like, you know, we had backups of backups yeah. of backups and we'd had rehearsals and I did a whole podcast episode, which maybe you can link to, people might find it interesting yeah. about the planning that went into it. And some of the, I shared on uh, Instagram stories, the, the like minute by minute plan that we had of what was happening in, e- in each track. But I just, I don't know, like once I put my mind to something, I, I just, I'm just like full steam ahead and, and I just couldn't, I knew that we were doing all the right things. The, the thing I was nervous about the most was about a tech issue, like all the tech going down. And I took insurance out. I probably could have got away with it because not could have got away with it. But I, and when I was talking to the insurance company, they were saying to me, well, you know, you don't really have to do this because, because everything was going to be recorded and people, the, oh, I haven't mentioned the other thing actually. As soon as I realized that we were going online, I also, gave people a load of free content. So normally we would sell the recordings of the event separately. And normally people would have to pay separately. I have a, a content planning club, if you like, that goes along with the diary. So I gave people all of that for free. So as well, so normally they'd get their event ticket and then if they wanted to buy the recordings, that would be separate. And if they wanted to upgrade to the content planning club for the year, that would be separate. But I basically just gave everybody access to everything. So even if the event hadn't gone ahead, they still would have got all of the recordings. The the 2021 Sorted Club comes with quarterly coaching calls across the year. We just had a masterclass earlier today that's that's free as part of it. So even if like the tech had all completely failed, people still would have, as long as we produced that content, and, and we also got all of the speakers to send backup videos as well, didn't we? Oh, so we did have, didn't we? We had Steve Dotto. It was the only challenging thing. Steve Dotto came in from Canada, and for whatever reason, his his um, connection wasn't great. We switched to his video and I think everybody was more impressed that we just switched <laughs> straight to his video, didn't we? Like, and that yeah. was like, fine. And then he came back for questions. But because I think we'd thought, thought of everything, that was my biggest fear is that like something, you know, the internet would go down. But it was it was more about, because we thought of everything, I thought, well, it was more about my personal pride, really. It was more about, you know, just, just wanting it to all go right. And I was having to, from a tech point, from a live video point of view, actually, I really had to up my game, didn't I? <laughs> I had to, you know, and I'm, I'm quite happy at live, I'm quite happy with live video, I'm quite happy with like the tech and stuff, but I had to kind of, I had to, it's a lot to think about, isn't it? If you're, if you're using new tools, which luckily you were yeah. coaching me through what I needed and coaching, but to have to, I, I bought a new kit, didn't I? So I was using, I'm using it now, a new camera and a new kit. So I had to get used to all of that and the, there were just so many things going on as well as the event. So when you're running an event, you're usually stressed anyway. But then if you're using this new tech, and I do a lot of this event, I do a lot of the presenting, a lot of the teaching as well, uh, because I do the content planning bit. So, so yeah, I mean, it was really, really scary, but I just couldn't, I don't know, I just, I just had this vision that it would work and it had to work. So it was going to work. And that was that. Yeah. And one thing I forgot to mention earlier with the objections actually was, I had quite a lot of fun with it because I don't know if you remember the video I made for Facebook ads <laughs> where yeah. I had a video, but basically I, I was like on my city in my pajamas saying like, hey, you know, a lot of people say that virtual events are rubbish, but here I am. And I had like a big tub of like celebrations chocolate. And then I had KFC and I was basically saying sit at home in your sofa eating your favorite chocolate so you can get takeaway delivered. And then my daughter handed me a KFC and my cats were in it and stuff. And, and it, I just had a lot of fun with the marketing. But I think I just, I just, I just knew it could work. So I just 
I don't know, I just stuck with it. And I think, you know, hiring somebody like you to, to make sure it was professional and slick, investing in insurance, upgrading my kit. Ultimately, you get what you pay for. And I sometimes think that when people try to put on live events or virtual events and you try and skimp or you, you try not to invest, I hope it was really evident to those people who had invested that I'd invested yeah. financially as well as my time to make sure that it was top notch. Well, I think a lot of people think when you put on a virtual event, well, you don't have to pay for the event, uh, the actual venue. There's, so you save a load of money and, you you know, but that just shows that you're skimping on the event and it becomes very evident that it's going to be a very boring, dull event. And yeah, that's obviously something that you didn't want to do. So I'd like to go more into the process. And we also look at maybe at uh, some of the, we've talked a little bit about the contingency and backup plans and all that kind of stuff. But before we do that, I just want to bring in my next sponsor, who is Content 10X. And Content 10X are fabulous. They are the... They are all about content repurposing, content repurposing. And they they will take your one piece of content, whether it's a live video or another type of video or podcast, and they will turn it into, I'm going to say plethora again, aren't I? A plethora of different platform-specific on-brand content. So I, I'm a, this is one of the reasons why I'm such a believer in live video, because it's a great way to create content quickly and easily, and then you can turn it into all these other pieces of content. I mean, this is what I do on this show. This becomes a podcast, it becomes a blog post, it becomes social media images. And for someone, if I go back two or three years ago, it would take me weeks and weeks and weeks to produce content, whether it's a blog post. I wasn't consistent, but now with this live show, and all the other stuff that I'm doing, I've, I've effectively got two live shows per week. I've got a podcast every week, a blog post every week, and social media images and posts. So this is what Content 10X can help you with. They can create all that content from you. And if they don't do it for you, they can teach you how to do it yourself using their, just listening to their podcast, reading their blog or their book or their toolkit. They're really smart, responsive, creative, and effective. And if you want to take out the stress of content marketing. Content 10X are the people you want to go to. And just a quick shout out to their new service called LinkedIn 10X, which is all about focusing on LinkedIn, getting your, uh, raising your game really on LinkedIn. So by producing that one piece of video content, whether it's live video, if the LinkedIn gods have given you access to it yet, or just regular video, they can take all the stress out of content marketing for you. So to find out more, just go to content10x.com. And I thank Amy and the team for sponsoring the show. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Awesome. Great. So let's talk through the process. We, You mentioned uh, quite a few things, actually. You talked about the fact that there were going to be three strands or three, what's the word? There is another word for that. Streams. Three, streams? Something tracks. like tracks. tracks. That's the yeah, one. Yeah. Three tracks. So there's, there was going to be the main, the mainstream or the, the, well, maybe not the main, but this is for the keynote speakers. And the decision was that we were going to broadcast into a Facebook group for that. And there were, we, we did it over two days there were some workshops that you did as well. And then track two was a Zoom, was actually on Zoom. So it's a different type of different technology, really. And that was maybe more interactive. And that was, what was the name of that one? Well, it was track two, but track it was two. level up sessions. Level up sessions. Track two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then level <laughs> yeah. three was all about getting things done, actually implementation yeah. side of things. So mm. when did you start thinking about that? And uh, I mean, how did, how did we get into 
uh, the thinking of doing it on different platforms? Normally, all the learning takes place at my events. Everybody's in the room together. We usually have some breakfast sessions, like and some extra little sessions and lunchtime things, but it's it's normally in one room. But I think it was about thinking about people's concentration because I don't know about you, but two days. First of all, you know, if you've got responsibilities and family or whatever, you know, two days completely out. But also just for your concentration, I think sometimes it's hard to, harder to stay focused online. So the way I, I restructured really the way that we do it. So on day one, I, I, I sort of said to people, look, you know, if you want to come to everything on day one and day two, that's brilliant. But I almost made day one more of a fringe day. So I had these, I picked speakers who would be able to help with a very specific content goal because typically my clients, they either want to launch an online course, they want to launch a membership, they want to have a book, they want to have a podcast, a YouTube channel. So I thought if I have like these more in-depth workshops, people are likely on the first day alongside these level up sessions in the Zoom rooms. People will probably look at that and say, well, there's a few of those that I'd like to go to. And in a few of these discussion sessions, I get to meet a few people, but I won't go all in on the first day because I wanted people to kind of keep their energy because the second day is the day when we do the content plan. And that's when it's kind of like really full on. So that was really the thinking. And I actually said to people quite actively, like, don't come to everything on the first day, like save your energy, pick a few things that you really want to do. Everything's available on catch up. Like you'll be able to get all of the recordings. So keep your energy, pick out a few things that you want to do, come to a few of the more interactive sessions so you can get to meet people. And one of the nicest comments we had actually, Vicky Jakes, one of my clients said, you know, I've met so many people and I haven't even left my house, which I thought was like a great testimony to, <laughs> to, to, to that part of it. Like I've met so many new people, I didn't even leave my house. And so that was really, I just, I just recognized, I think that two days was full on was too much. And I kind of, again, was very in the messaging. I just kept saying to people, like, don't feel like you have to come to everything on day one. Save your energy. Just do, do a bit. And then day two, it was much more focused on building that content plan. So we had a few more keynote speakers, but it was mainly me teaching people how to create their content plan and then doing it with me live in the class. And that's that's one of the things that I think really appeals to people about the event generally is that they're, they're creating their content plan with me and it gives them accountability to get it done. Obviously, normally we do that in person. But I think some people, some people said they were really pleased because it meant they didn't have to worry about hotels or travel or, you know, too much childcare. I mean, I did say to people, make sure that you do get the childcare so you can concentrate on it. But a lot of people were quite pleased because it made it much easier for them to, to get involved. And also, we were able to have a lot more people from overseas, which was lovely because obviously ordinarily it's, you know, it's a big expense and big time out to come from the US or whatever. So that was really nice as well. So, yeah, so that was the idea. It was just about to kind of, just acknowledging really that two, that two days is quite intense online and a lot of events try and pack too much in don't they I think and you end up feeling exhausted so we also talked remember about we had a really decent long lunch break on the first day we had half an hour breaks you know so so we tried to make it make it as easy as possible for people I, I never run events later than, than four o'clock anyway because I, I only ever run 10 to four anyway because I think people just get tired and bored and I've sat at events that have gone on from nine till five and just been dying by the end of it so I tend to keep mine quite short anyway and I always have as you'll know Ian like my keynotes are normally 25 minutes or something like that uh, I think it's totally possible to deliver value in 20 minutes yeah. so yeah it was just really that was the structure 
it also means there's a lot of recordings for people to catch up and a lot of content for people who do want to catch up in their own time. They've, they've got that. And one of the things actually we've been able to do is sort of private podcast stream as well. Cause some people, I don't know about you, but when I buy recordings of events, sometimes I don't ever end up watching them, but I would listen to them if I was out running or walking. So that's all great. Yeah. But yeah, does, is that kind of what you were asking? I feel like I've gone yeah, off a bit, yeah, but you know ab- what I mean. Absolutely, yeah. So, so, so that's really helpful. And then, so, so I suppose the other the the, the question that I know my listeners are going to be asking is, well, how? What do you actually need to put all of this together? Because so we had we had the tech and and you know I've talked about the the tech quite a bit on the show. So from from a live streaming point of view, we used Ecamm Live with Restream, and I just just say, we'll say with the the ability that Restream gave to this is that we were streaming to Janet's twenty twenty one sorted Facebook group. That was the main place. But we did, this is probably the, the time where we need to talk about the contingency plans, because if that didn't, if Facebook went down, which thankfully it didn't, <laughs> but if it, then we were also streaming to backup channels. We were back uh, streaming to a YouTube channel. They were all unlisted videos and there were there were some emails ready to go out. Well, they were, hopefully they were never going to be used and they were never used. But in case Facebook went down and we would have to move people over to the backup stream, so we did. There was a lot of that, and and obviously we had we asked you asked all the speakers to provide pre-recorded videos that we could then switch to, which we only needed to do once, thankfully. And we had the slides as well, so we had all the slides from all the speakers. So if they had problems sharing their screen, I could put it all up. So we had a lot of those backup plans. But then there was the whole the the schedule really wasn't there. So we had uh, Google Sheets with minute by minute. <laughs> instructions I mean how important was that do you think to to the event yeah I mean I think that was just crucial wasn't it because I have to say Ian was like bullying me right from the outset saying like oh we can't start our streams late and <laughs> and like this can't start late and so so that was really good but having run loads of live live events in the past I was but I'm always really strict about that because I've had that awful experience in the past where people have speakers have overrun and you've practically had to drag them off stage. And um, that's never a nice place to be. And obviously online, it's a bit harder. So actually part of the, obviously we genuinely want a backup video, but also one of the advantages of getting the speakers to record a backup video was that then they knew how long it took them. So if it took, if they're a couple of them, their their video was too long, wasn't it? But we could say to them that this is too long. You need to cut some of it out because you really cannot go over. But we did schedule it, didn't we? So that if somebody did go over, like we scheduled, scheduled quite generously, didn't we? So there was time in the yes. schedule. So that was so, so important in the Zoom rooms. Oh my God, that was like, so we had Ant McGinley who was, he was like, that, I mean, that was an important thing as well. I do think you need somebody to to host. So I was I found that quite difficult sort of from a kind of like I, I wanted to be in the Zoom room as well, but I couldn't because I was in the main room. But I hired Ant McGinley, who's um, a podcaster. I don't know if you've ever had him on the show, um, Ian, but he, he's got a background in radio. So he's really used to being really spontaneous and, and just kind of like, you know, things going wrong and just kind of moving on. But anyway, we had a minute by minute schedule, just like what they're using in, in radio, which was literally like, you know, open the Zoom room, do test, bring speakers in. And it, it was literally minute by minute, um, even to, you know, where we were splitting people up into the groups, like exactly what time they had to come back in, exactly how long Ant had to do the link to the next bit. So that meant that none of them ran over whatsoever because that would have caused a problem in the main room. So if if any of those level up sessions in those Zoom rooms had gone over, that would have meant that people wouldn't have been over in time to start the stream. And so so that it was so, so meticulously planned. But they 
the team that I had in there, they were just so glad of it because yeah. they did a really good job because they, they literally were told what to do every well, minute. So they made them more confident. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, there, there, are two, there are two reasons why I think keeping to the time is so important. The, the most important one is, as you say, you know, peop, it's, it's more professional. People get frustrated when you don't stick to the time. And mm. it can, but it also can cause ramifications as well to other things. But one of the one of the things, if you're broadcasting to Facebook Live, that you need to remember is if you schedule in advance, which is obviously what we wanted to do. We wanted to schedule all the streams because that meant we could use the Facebook Messenger bot, we could send out emails and and let people know exactly where they were supposed to be because people get confused easily, don't they? But the thing oh, is, with, God, a fa- yeah. <laughs> with a Facebook Live, <laughs> you if you don't stream, if you start streaming. 10 minutes late you lose the stream so you've only got 10 Mm. minutes to do it so you've got to be you know bang on time and we always started five minutes early anyway or 10 minutes early because we wanted to build up the engagement and so we had some questions and things like that on on the screen so 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 you mentioned just before we finish you mentioned your team and I think this is absolutely vital you had a team of people that had different roles in putting on putting on the event, and obviously you you are in charge of it all. I was I was in charge of the the main track, the track one, and the and all that side of things. But you had a you had designers, you had people on the Facebook Messenger bot. How important are all those different roles? If somebody's putting on an event, I mean, I, th- I assume you would advise them not to put on an event like yours and if it's only them <laughs> but uh, yes, you know, what, yeah, what yeah. are the different roles uh, and why why do you think they're so important yeah so the first thing i would say actually is if you haven't done a virtual event before and this is the same with anything like online courses or memberships or whatever like there's no need to go to the big one like you know like why not just try a smaller thing like do a masterclass first or do a you know an afternoon or a morning or something like i really wouldn't advise I've got a lot of experience running in-person events for lots of people. And that's probably why I was able to transfer that. I think if I didn't have that experience, it would have been so, so daunting because, you know, I I know how it works in person. There were lots of things that came up which are unique to online, but because I'd had that experience in person, I was able to adapt quite quickly. But yeah, I think it's really important that everybody knows what their job is. So you were in charge of track one, Sam was in charge of track two, but we also had Ant, who was the host. And then track three, Julie and my team, she was in charge of that track. Lisa was in charge of that. Her job was just to make sure speakers were in the right place. And if they weren't in the right place, then she it was her job to call them. We had um, messenger Facebook messenger, messenger groups going on, didn't we, where people were uh, for all of the speakers for the different days. And it was like clockwork. I could see it going on as I was do my bit but I could see like where's so-and-so okay yep I know he's I've tracked him down now but I think the important thing is that everybody knows what their job is but also there is just there's so many moving parts to an event and so we're working on a Christmas market aren't we for for next week and I've run Christmas market before but maybe not on this level and there's always things that you think oh my god I, I need that as well I need that as well so there's so many like you said before people get so confused and um, people are busy and so you send them an email and give them all the links and then they still don't know what where they're supposed to be or where. and so you know or they get reminded on the messenger bot but they're still confused so it's anticipating all of the things that got, will go wrong and making sure that it's everybody knows whose job it is to deal with that particular thing so we did have quite a lot of meetings where we sort of sat down you know and a lot of shared documents um we had a rehearsal, We were, the Zoom room thing, moving people in and out of Zoom rooms. We not only rehearsed 
with the speakers. We had a rehearsal day for the speakers, we had a rehearsal day for the keynotes. We also had a rehearsal for us as a team. Like you, I think you and we we won yeah. we won that with us Ian, but we had a rehearsal as a team where we where we um practiced because some of them were quite nervous and we also had a, a backup. So like if if Sam if Sam's internet went down, then then Judy had to take over Zoom, and if Judy's internet went down, then Lisa had to take over Zoom, and so, so it was literally like that. You know, yeah, yeah. I think there was hardly anything we hadn't thought of. The Zoom rooms that was quite hard actually to find a backup for that because there isn't there isn't much that offers the same. So at the end, we had a fa- we had a Facebook group set up and a Streamyard broadcast ready to go, and the email written. You know, it, it's just about everybody knowing what their job is, I think, and just having. Yeah everything written up so we've actually put together a product which is a virtual uh, this is something as a virtual virtual event in a box because there's so much copy there's so many things that have to be created you just have to think of everything and it, it's probably starting by thinking of all the things that could go wrong I think I'm not the naturally most organized person in the world but I did sit down like with an us you know an asana list and just map it all out step by step and then as you're doing that, you think, oh, well, what about that? And what about that? And so, yeah, I think I think we, we pretty much, we, you know, we there wasn't much that we didn't think of, was there? But a lot of it was just about people knowing their roles and having a backup plan of a backup plan and a backup plan. It's communication, it's, really, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, exactly. And of course, there's, there's designs as well, a whole getting the thumbnails and, and all the graphics and, and all that side of things mm. as well is important. And backup plans for internet, you know, one of the things that I invested in, obviously, if, if my internet went down, that would be game over, you know. So <laughs> I actually invested in a, a 4G router, if you're in America, 4G router. And uh, you know, just in case my internet went down, it's good, obviously good to have a backup. So yeah, yeah it, all these things need to be thought about. And yeah, we, we definitely did think about that. So how can people find out about this? What did you call it in a box? The a virtual event in the box? Yeah, it's a virtual market in a box, but it's it's mm. it, it's an event version, an event in a box. So if you head over to my website, janetmurray.co.uk, but we've got a wait list going at the moment. But yeah, we've put together all of the onboarding emails and offboarding emails and briefing for speakers and briefing for delegates and whatever so so yeah um i'll, I'll, I'll give you the link in to put in your your show notes no that's that great link. i don't leave you the wrong one but. <laughs> no, we don't want that it gets <laughs> it, it does get confusing when you have all these different short links and i've i've i, I know what i need to do actually is probably have a like a poster just to, to the left of my camera with all the short links there. That would probably be a good good thing to do. That probably That's another thing to put on the list. I think another thing yeah. actually is previous shows as well, because I always think, oh, we talked about that a few weeks ago, but I can't remember where. So, I know, I mean, it's great. When you're doing a solo show, you can just stop, can't you, rather than just stop and record. Well, yours are all live, aren't they? You can Mine's just stop live, and record. Yeah. A little, have a little Google, or, you know, sometimes my editor will have to wait while I have a little yeah. Google to find the, to, to find the episode. But, but yeah, I mean, ultimately it's just about, it's about communication and and processes and systems, which is not my bag really, but I had to learn to love them a little bit. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Janet. It's been uh, great to have you on yet again. This, you know, this is uh, I think number three or number four that you've been on the show, but it's been great Definitely. to have you on and to yeah. talk about all of that. So you've mentioned your website, JanetMurray.co.uk. That's probably the best place to to find out more about you. But of course, you're you're very active on on all the socials. I know that Instagram is one of your favourite ones. And is it, uh, remind me what your Instagram username is. Uh, it's Jan Marie UK. Jan, Jan or Janet? Jan, Jan, Jan Marie UK. Yeah, Jan Marie yeah. UK. Yeah, so definitely 
do uh, check out Janet and yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. So yeah, just to, to let you know, this show goes live on Facebook, YouTube and all the different uh, networks out there every Tuesday and Thursday. And if you want to get notified, if you want to be involved on the live show, if you want to get on um, and ask some questions, get involved, then just go to confident.live forward slash subscribe and my handy Facebook Messenger bot will kick in there. And also don't forget the podcast, which is at iag.me forward slash podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, then just go there. And I would love it if you could leave a review if you enjoy that. So awesome. Well, we'll leave it there. Until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact and authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. I want to produce a virtual love event.